Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, uh, uh, my next guest is an interesting story. Just a few years ago, Zach Booth was a window cleaner, and you can even find his window cleaning tutorial videos on YouTube with millions of views. However, Zach always dreamed of being a real estate investor, and so he took a leap of faith, and he walked away from window cleaning, and within a handful of years, he was making over a million dollars per year from real estate investing. With his successful business, he now spends his time helping others see how simple it is to make money with real estate, and Zach's here today to share his insider secrets to finding massively discounted properties, regardless of your experience level. Welcome, Zach. Nice to have you on. Thanks, Bill. It's uh, good to be here. I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Zach, uh, just so you know, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are um, baby boomer business owners who are contemplating their their exit from their business in the next few years. And, you know, a lot of them are wondering, you know, what am I going to do from here? Uh, and so your topic's very interesting, and, and hopefully we can shed light on, on how you are doing it and how you did it so our listeners can gain from that experience. Tell us a little bit more about your background, and uh, the, I, I explained a little bit about it, but tell us a little bit more. It's very interesting. Yeah, well, when I was a, a, a real young man, I'm still a pretty young guy, but um, I was raised to work. You know, my dad put me to work. Dad's a baby boomer. And uh, so grateful for that. We had a lawn mowing business growing up. And so from the time I was 11 um, till 15, I was working in the family business. And then I kind of wanted to have the opportunities to work outside of the family business. I did landscaping um, in Nova Scotia, Canada for a summer. And I did, I made handcrafted cheese and I did finished carpentry and framing. And I, I, I wanted to learn and experience different things um, while I was going to school and playing basketball and at 17, I was done working for others. I, I wanted to do my own thing, and so I started the window cleaning business, and that turned into a pretty good business. Um, you know, from the outside looking in, I was way more successful than I really was. I had uh, three trucks and 11 employees, and um, I had some tutorial videos on how to clean windows uh, for my staff because uh, I was mm -hmm. constantly turning over with that kind of industry, and instead of me having to be on the job sites to train, I I had these videos that I just put up on YouTube. They're public, and they blew up. You know, I ended up on the History Channel because of it. I've got like 13 million views on just one of them and um, from all over the world. It's pretty crazy what happened because of that business. But, but you know, I wasn't satisfied. I, I wasn't where I wanted to be. I had read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad where it talked about the importance of not just being self-employed, not just having, you know, your own business, but have your business serve you and have your investments serve you and actually make – make money off your money, um, not uh -huh. just trading time for money. And I realized I was working a ton of hours, and if I didn't show up, the business would fail. 
And so I was like, man, like this is not necessarily where I want to be. I've, you know, people are talking about that it's possible to not be in the position that I'm in. And so I started looking for something else, and I, and I found real estate. And I saw real estate as that, you know, beautiful option that would get me out of window cleaning, um, out of the, the industry that I felt stuck in. So you were you were in the real estate business, but you were on the outside, <laughs> if you will, uh, cleaning the windows. <laughs> yeah. Right. You were you were you were servicing the real estate business, uh, and then uh, what I understand is you know success didn't come overnight. It took a while. But how did you go from uh, uh, struggling in the real estate as a real estate investor to thriving as a real estate investor? What did you learn along the way? Awesome. Yeah. So back in 2012. Um, I bought my first rental property. So I was newly married, and um, we bought a duplex. We lived in one side and rented out the other. My payment was like 450 bucks. I got an awesome deal because the banks were unloading their foreclosures uh, because of uh, to the 2018 uh, real estate crash. So I got a great deal. And, yeah. Uh, right. yeah, 2008. Right. So I was, I was making um, – I was making about 850 on rent on the one side and then living in the other side. And, and like I said, my payment was around 400 bucks. I was, I was so excited. I was like, man, I just get in 50 of these and I'm done. Like I can retire. I don't need to work for anybody. I don't need to have a business. I could just have my assets pay me and then I can pursue something else, something else that fulfills me. And um, then I had all the obstacles of the banks not giving me loans because they wanted better debt to income ratios. They wanted 25% to 30% down because it wasn't my primary residence. They, like I had all these obstacles that I didn't know that I would have. And so mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, now what? How do I buy more if the banks won't give me the money? Um, and I didn't know what to do. I started listening to podcasts. I started listening to books. I started, started trying to figure it out while I was out on the job site washing windows. You know, so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. struggling. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. And I found out about something called real estate wholesaling. And so basically what that is, what I learned from my mentor, it's like having a pawn shop for houses. So there's people that go to a pawn shop to sell things, right? And they, they understand mm-hmm. that that pawn shop's going to turn around and sell it for a profit. But they, they want that because of the convenience factor. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to post it on online. They don't want to, you know, have a bunch of people asking them. They just want to be done. So they just walk over to the pawn shop and sell it. So real estate wholesalers are essentially that. They do a lot of marketing, and they find people that are emotionally done. Like, they don't want to deal with it. You know, types of situations are, you know, they're tired landlords. They're wealthy. They've made their money. They've depreciated the asset. They're done. They don't want to deal with it, right? They're very Mm -hmm. wealthy. They just want to offload it. They don't want to fix it up. It's got deferred maintenance and they'll sell it to you uh, for a discount. Other people are people that maybe inherited properties and don't want to deal with it, maybe have siblings that are causing conflict, right? And they're the executive, they don't want to deal with it. Um, There's divorce situations. There's, um, you know, people just have really bad houses and don't don't know what to do, don't have the money, don't want to fix them up, just want to be done. There's people who just don't like the process of working with agents. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyways, I learned that, that you could find those types of people and get massively discounted properties. But also you could then, some of them would be willing to do seller finance or even let you take over the existing mortgage and pay them a little bit of cash. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Mm -hmm. aha, this is is how I can get into the industry without having a rich uncle, you know, without being Mm -hmm. born into money. Like this is how I can become an investor. And because what's so cool is, once I find these super discounted properties, some of them I can cherry pick for my own portfolio 
and make myself wealthy. But what's really, really cool is the properties that didn't necessarily make sense for me to hold, I can pass that opportunity on to a different investor, a buy and hold investor, or a flipper, and get paid a fee for finding it. I wouldn't even have to buy the house. I could just assign the contract, sell the purchase agreement to the new buyer, and get lump sums of cash. My biggest assignment fees are as high as $80,000. So I was able to go, okay, great. I can get large sums. You know, my average wholesale fee in Utah, and my average uh, in Utah is 30000 My average wholesale fee in Tampa, Florida, I do it there as well, is about $18,000. So I'm getting these large lump sums of cash, mm-hmm. but then I'm also cherry picking the best of the deals for myself. The low down payments, the, the seller finances, um, there's massive amounts of equity in certain properties. I'll just hold on to them to build my net worth. And so it's like, this is exactly what I need. This is what I'm going to pursue. But obviously, I didn't know anything. I just knew enough to know that that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do the marketing and how to find people. And so I hired a mentor, actually. I hired a guy named Tom Kroll. He doesn't coach anymore, but I love this guy to death. I actually uh, uh, was talking to him yesterday. Uh, but he taught me the, the principle that we're a pawn shop for houses, right? And he taught me how to find those people and how to talk to them. Um, and I bought his program back in 2017, the very beginning of it. And uh, I did my first wholesale deal in April of 2017, and I made $10,000 of signing the purchase contract. No risk, no debt. I made ten grand. Um, and I bought a bunch of rentals that year. I, I wholesaled over $100,000. I walked away from my window cleaning business, and, you know, it's been about five years of me being full-time in real estate, and uh, real estate wholesaling is what allowed me to be able to do that. Yeah, that's great. That's a great niche you found. Um, I don't hear about that very often at, at all, and, and that's a tremendous uh, idea you came across, and obviously you did a lot of homework to get there. What, what do you think the most common mistake is that people make when, when they're getting started in real estate investing? Yeah, 100%. The number one thing that I think is a mistake is people don't understand the importance of the deal. So many people look at real estate and go, oh, the competitive, it's too competitive. Prices are too high. I'm going to wait. Um, but what they need to understand, there's never a bad time to invest into real estate, but there's definitely bad deals, right? And so in markets like now, it's so important, even more important now than ever, to have a strategy to find off-market discounted properties because if you can find a good deal it's never a bad time to invest in real estate and Mm -hmm. so you know the that leads me into like the real mistake is people don't understand the importance of marketing i totally believe that real estate investors are marketers and our product is real estate right we have to find discounted opportunities to be successful in this space Um, and so i think that people you know they go hire an agent they go on the mls and try and buy deals and, you know, you have to have a second job just to help pay the mortgages, even with a, a tenant in place, or they have to do their own property management to be able to get by. And that's just a risky, terrible way to be in business. Um, so you have to find a, a way to find discounted properties and be in control of that marketing strategy. Okay. And so uh, that that sounds like a, a key to, uh, as opposed to, you know, most people think, well, I got to I got to get some money together. I got to go buy a place and, you know, fix it up and slog through all that. <laughs> and what you're saying is, hey, that that is one way to do it, but uh, not not um, efficient uh, or as efficient as what you found 
And so, so now you've, you've decided to get into coaching and mentoring other investors to help them figure that out. Uh, why, why did you decide to do that? Yeah, great question. So I, back in, so I, I, like I said, I did my first wholesale deal in 2017. I did a, hundred, a little over 100000 that year. The next year I did just, just shy of a half a million. And the mm-hmm. big jump was I started doing what's called driving for dollars. It's basically, uh, it's my marketing strategy. It's how I'm finding all these discounted properties. And I was kind of pinching myself. You know, I was making more money than I ever had in my life. Um, I didn't think I could do more, but I was trying to continue to set goals that, that scared me. You know, I was trying to continue to push myself and get out of my comfort zone. And so I had set a goal for the next year. Uh, to make a million dollars. I had no idea how to do that. So I had a friend introduce me to a self-help journal called Living Your Best Year Ever. In that journal, it talks about the importance of giving away whatever you're trying to receive. So the first 100 pages, you create three big goals, and it talks about the strategies and things you need to do to hit the goals. And then you have a journal for the next 12 months, um, day-to-day of what you're working on to accomplish those three goals. So in that first 100 pages, it told me I had to give away a million dollars if that's what my goal was. And I was like, okay, well, that, that doesn't really make any sense. I'm trying to make a million dollars. I'm not trying to give it away, but I was trying to take this thing serious. You know, I had never made a million dollars. Someone in there was telling me how I could do it. So I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and take this thing serious. How do I put a million dollars in someone else's pocket when I don't have it myself? And so I started brainstorming with my wife, and we had the idea of like, okay, well, let's just find 10 people that I know in the industry that would really appreciate my strategy of finding off-market discounted properties that put a half mm-hmm. a million dollars in my pocket before. If I find 10 of them, 100% I can put a million dollars in their business. So I was like, okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get 10 people. I'm going to serve them. I'm going to add value to them. And, you know, they had amazing results. I actually have an interview with one of them today, one of my original students, Scott Dallinger. His first wholesale deal with me was $113,000. He assigned a contract for 113 grand. He quit his corporate job and walked away. It was the most fulfilling thing I had ever done, being able to change people's lives like that. Michael McLeish, his first six months with me, made almost $300,000 off my marketing channel. And in, in, he's in Greenville, South Carolina. So I had these students that were having all this success. Um, and, you know, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with that helper's high. I, I loved the coaching industry. Um, but something really cool happened. The more I taught, the more I realized how little I knew, and they would ask me questions. I'd be like, guys, I don't know. Let me ha- I'm going to have to research it. And then I had to get mentors to teach me more. And it forced me to also automate a lot of my own processes within my own business and bring on help because I was spending so much time with my students. Long story short, by the end of that year of coaching, I did $1.2 million in wholesale fees in my own investing business. So I was able to hit my goal because I learned so much and so much change within my own business from learning, from coaching. Um, and I fell in love with coaching. It was something that I decided I'm going to do the rest of my life. I love it. I'm fulfilled by it. Um, and so I coach. Uh, I do a lot of free content, YouTube content, uh, TikToks, all sorts of stuff uh, because I want to continue to give back for free. I do have paid clients, but, you know, it, it's not necessarily for everybody, Um but, but yeah, I got into coaching kind of accidentally, actually, um, but that's kind of how that went. It's pretty amazing how when you, uh, when you become a teacher, you also are forced to learn even more. That's, that's fantastic. A great story. Great story, Zach. And so uh, you, one of the things that you mentioned in your write-up to me was that 
uh, once you find a discounted property, uh, it's important to implement and, and know what your exit strategy is going to be in order to make the most money. Can you shed a little light on that for us? Yeah. So for, for people that aren't as familiar with real estate, an exit strategy is once you find a super good deal, then what do you do with it? How do you turn it into money? So there's lots of different things that you'll hear about in lingo, like syndications and flipping and wholesaling and wholetailing and all these different things, right? And you can become overwhelmed by it. So I'm going to keep it super, super simple and just say you can do whatever you want. It doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, you can buy it and keep it as a rental. You can turn around and sell it. You can, you know, do the HGTV thing and fix it up, make it cute and sell it for more. It doesn't necessarily matter. Because if you can get a super, super discounted property, the sky's the limit, right? It's going to make sense as a rental. It's going to make sense as a flip. It's going to make sense in a lot of different strategies. It's going to make sense as a wholesale where you pass it on to another investor with still meat on the bone, but you take no risk. You can partner with people. But if you start with that super discounted property, you have tons of options, and it makes it nearly impossible to fail. It makes it very little risk. And so um, you know, your exit strategy honestly comes second to being able to get that discounted property. I love real estate wholesaling. It's my favorite strategy because I find an off-market discounted property. I send out the opportunity to take over my, my, my purchase agreement to my cash buyers. I just send an email. They go inspect the property with us um, during our inspection process, and then they make their offers. And I get to evaluate, well, I could, I could assign this property for 40000 zero risk. I make no investment, or I can keep it as a rental, or I can buy it myself and fix it up and sell it on the MLS, you know, to the general public um, or whatever else I want to do. And, and I get to choose what's the best thing for what I need. Do I need cash now? Do I need more net worth? Do I need cash flow? What do I need? And so, um, you know, the, the exit strategies, I think a lot of people get caught up in that. But I, but I wanted to be very clear that that's actually not the business. The business is the marketing, and the exit strategy comes second because you have the marketing in place. Yeah, it sounds like you're you've got a, a roundabout going on where you have different exits. You can you can figure out the best one for your situation. It's uh, you've built up a a terrific taken a terrific idea and really made something out of it. Zach, tell tell our listeners how to find out more about you and and what you do so they can figure out if they you know if they want to learn more about uh, how you've done it because that's why I understand uh, they can they can find that out from you. How do, how do they get in touch with you best? Yeah, the best way to, to get to know me, reach out to me if you'd like, you can go to my website. It's uh, driving for, or dfdmastery.com. It stands for driving $4. So dfdmastery.com. Uh, my link to my podcast is in there. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like podcasts. You can check that out. But I also have a YouTube channel um, where I've got a ton of awesome content that's only available there on YouTube. I, I ended up taking a thousand bucks, flew to a whole new market. This is when I opened up my Florida market. I flew to that market all by myself with the film crew, and the goal was to take that thousand bucks and turn it into forty grand in forty days. And I ended up doing three wholesale deals. I made ninety-three thousand dollars on those three deals, just starting with a thousand bucks, and bought two rentals with over a hundred thousand in equity in those two rentals in that 40 days. And I documented the whole thing step-by-step step and put it up on for free on YouTube. So you can check out my YouTube channel. Uh, it's DFD Mastery as well. Uh, everything I have is DFD or Driving for Dollars Mastery. So you can just Google that and you'll find me. And uh, yeah, I would, I would love it if you guys would check out the, the free content on social media and Instagram and Facebook and 
wherever you guys prefer to consume content. That's terrific. Great, great idea. Great um, uh, interview. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to uh, tell our listeners how, how you've done something spectacular in the real estate world. And I uh, really uh, pr- appreciate you coming on to the show today, Zach. Thanks so much. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 